Welcome to another edition of Splitting Hairs with Max and Nikki. As usual, I'm Max. And I'm Nikki. And together we're Max Max and Nikki. On this edition of Splitting Hairs, we'll be discussing camp. Not camping, but camp. Like Like sleepaway camp. Sleepaway camp or Or even even day day camp. Um, and yeah, we'll just be going into all facets of camp. And well, I mean, certain risk with, you know, some facets at least just because well, we have experienced sleepaway camp before. The, the facets of camp that we've experienced and the facets that may have, we may have missed out on that maybe we would have wanted to experience. Um, uh, you'll have to excuse me, Max, uh, if I cough a few times during this podcast, because I am a little sick here. But you know what? As they say, the show must go on, and that's why we're giving you another episode this week, no matter what. Rain or shine, sick or well, we're going to go for it, as usual. Well, rain or shine, all the time, we got each other sharing the laughter and love. Is it sharing the laughter and love, or sharing the laughter in love? Sharing the laughter and love. Max is, of course, quoting the lyrics to the Growing Pains theme song. Anyway, um, before we get into the main topic of today, we, we have some, some station, station business. business. In less than a week, we have the next edition of Vintage Basement with Max and Nikki. Um, great lineup. We got Michael Costa from the, the the Daily Show. We have Louis Katz, from who most recently appeared on This Is Not Happening. We have Emmy Blotnick from At Midnight and The president show she's the head writer of the president show we have and, andy and haynes uh of his own comedy central half hour anyway um and we be- also have special guest comedian nikon, nikon hamati um it's going to be a great show you're going to want to get your tickets as soon as possible because it will sell out and where can you get your tickets maxanicki.com slash vintage dash basement or horsetrade.info, or simply maxanicki.com. You'll find the appropriate links on the front page. It's very easy to purchase a ticket. <coughs> Highly recommend you do it beforehand. Um, so, yeah, we're looking forward to that. Um, um, anything else? You know, I mean, we didn't talk about this yet, but the Oscars, the Oscars uh, did happen did last happen, week. And, you know, we didn't really talk about that yet. Um, what won Best Picture? The Shape of Water. Shape I actually water. didn't see The Shape of Water, and I really don't have a desire to see it. It kind of looks about boring, these, to be the honest. About these, the Oscars this year, I didn't really care I that really much. I didn't really care that much about seeing many of the movies, actually, that came you out. You know, I feel like this was a pretty weak year for films. Um, Perhaps. I mean, this is, granted, we didn't see a lot of them, so I, I can't really... Uh, you know, I mean, sure, yeah. But based, based on, on some what other trusted people say, sources, yeah. Um, I did like "Call Me by Your Name," um, and I liked some of the movies um, that I saw, but none of them I didn't love any. But of them. none of them made me. And the ones and, that I've seen, that I seen, I didn't think to myself, "Holy crap!" Now and that's were, gonna go down in history. There were a couple movies that didn't even get nominated for Best Picture that should have, like "Mother." Um, I feel and, like that should have been nominated more over like "Get Out." or The Post, or something like that, you know? Like, Mother's kind of... Was Get Out nominated for Best Picture? It was. Actually, some people think that should have won. 
And, and, and I like, just don't get that. I don't. I just don't get that. I can understand why you would enjoy Get Out. Uh, it's an enjoyable film. Granted, there's some cheesy uh, moments of humor in in the film. Um, and there's also just some things that don't really make sense. But sure, or just some contrivances. But actually, it's did. some some contrivances. But people allowed it as well, also. Being I was so, just thinking about it too. Like some things kind of don't make sense a little bit actually, but. People allowed it as being such a uh, like a groundbreaking film, and I guess it is to a degree. It's groundbreaking in the in the in the use of race in thriller in that way. Yes, it is, and I think that's a great idea. I think it's a great concept, and I think great idea for a film. But I will say, but I don't the, think the execution the was like ex- made it think. Yeah, make me think. Holy crap! This is one of the best yeah, films. I don't think know? the execution. I mean, I guess the ending kind of played with your expectations of how things would go, but. Uh, the an ending right, which is cool, which is cool, but uh, an ending doesn't make a whole film. And in fact, I just thought, you know, it's a good, it's a solid it's film. Fine. It's you a know, fine. It's, it's enjoyable. It's a fun movie, but in no it's way is thriller. it of the caliber of filmmaking that you know, Call Me by Your Name is at, or something of that mag- of that magnitude. Well, I mean, no, not even okay. The reason why people wanted this to win. It's not just because it's of a like, political reasons. Well, it's not just like a, a political thing. It's well, maybe it is too, but uh, part of it was people they they kind of feel like oh, movies like Get Out aren't ever nominated, like you know, thrillers or or action packed stuff. You I know? get that though. They're ne- because it's. I feel like no, the best pictures. No, here's the thing. Time out. Time out, in New York. Um, <sighs> Like for instance, like in ninety, what is it, ninety two or ninety three? Do you think Terminator Two should have been nominated for Best Picture? It's a very good film, yes, but that's like a really great film, actually. Like that should have been nominated, no? Yeah, but it's really great. But you know, that's like saying should Wayne even to another degree should Wayne's World, which is one of my favorite comedies of all time. Should that have been nominated for Best Picture? Well, here's the thing about I don't why think I'm, I don't think the actual process of well Terminator Two is different, but the actual <laughs> process of filmmaking is not as demanding right. for something like Wayne's World. Well, Wayne's World is a different thing. I think I, it's a great comedy, but as like a I- innovation, you know? No, it's not just about innovation. It's just there's something. It's very when you're taking, book. when you're looking right, I guess you're, it's like making a film by the book. It, it's not, no not in the writing, not in the writing, in the in the. It's a no frills kind but, of. Uh, but direct. I guess what, it, what we're saying is sort of like there's no uh, a sense of like the the director kind of you having a creative force. Well, I mean it, that's or, not true. It's just that you know you don't want for that kind of movie. You don't want a director's. You don't want a, dire- a director to take. Um, an experimental creative license with that kind of movie. Well, no, because not experimental. That's not what I'm trying to say. Like, for instance, no experimental. Yeah, right. When I what I mean by experimental is like th- that movie is not meant to break ground as far as uh, cinematography or um, right. even direction goes. You know. Well, okay. Let's let's look at another comedy, The Big Lebowski. They really kind of, it's very Coen Brothers, Mark, and the, there's an auteur style to it. It's very funny. One of my favorite comedies of all time. Do you think that should have been nominated for Best Picture? No. I mean, it, it's good. I like it a lot, but what came, that, that came out in 1998. I mean, 
okay, here's an example. Buffalo 66, that came out that year. That's a comedy too, but that actually should have been nominated for Best Picture. Actually, that should have probably won Best Picture of that year. Right, exactly. Um, so, but there you go. It's a comedy. It, it's a comedy, but if... It's also there, not quite a comedy though, at the same time. You know why? It's because I mean, Buffalo it is 66 comedy, but there's has other elements. A, Buffalo 66 has a very unique voice that... Uh, that is pervasive throughout the whole film. It's right. You you really feel Vincent Gallo's voice in not just the direction, but the writing, the cinematography. Well, no, the not whole just look the, of the film. You should have said not just the writing, but the direction. Well, just the, the whole look of the the whole vibe of the film. Um, whereas, like something like Wayne's World, it's it's more about the performances and and the, the writing. writing actually. Um, so okay, Which is in, fine. In that sense, do you think the writing should have been nominated for best screenplay for Wayne's World? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It depends. I mean, that's what it, that's what people are trying to say is like, why are the Oscars? Why does there have to be some sort of like well, serious taken with, with these? Even things, you know? if that's the case, though, Get Out wasn't particularly I know, groundbreaking. I'm not saying. I'm no, not, no, no, I know, but I'm not saying. No, that. I know, but I'm just saying. I think people thought too highly of Get Out. I think it's a fine thriller. But it's not the best thrill I've ever seen. It's not the best movie I've ever right. seen. Right, something like it's Silence of the Lambs won. That was a thriller, you know. Sure, yeah, and that probably should have won. You know, um, I just think like maybe I don't know. It, I don't know what else came out that it, year, but it's. It, I think people are putting that movie Get Out up on a pedestal. Yeah, far, far higher than it should be. Actually. Right, and. You know, no, but hold on. Again, just, it's not a bad movie. It's it's good. It's enjoyable. It is an interesting thing to discuss this though, like. Okay, if you talk about your favorite films of all time and that are classics that people consider classics, like Ghostbusters or Back to the Future, do you think Back to the Future should now that should have been nominated for best original screenplay? Actually, yeah. What about Best Picture? Well, now I don't know about that. I don't see anything wrong with that film at all. I think it was made very well, and there's something very unique and uh, you know really neat about that. I don't know. There's just a quality about certain films that I think like, oh, it's, I feel like if it's groundbreaking cinema in some way, that's when it should be nominated for best picture. You know, if it's breaking some kind of ground, I guess. No, I don't know if it needs to break ground. Ground. I think it just needs to have sort of a, um, it's, you have to have a sense of like, uh, uh, a unique voice that that there's some sort of sense of uh, 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 intention behind everything that was done in the film, basically. Right. As uh, opposed to sort of, okay, this needs to be done. And, 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 uh, besides, like, yeah, instead of like a mechanical instead approach, instead of a mechanic, like instead of a, you know, uh, a matter sure, of course uh, kind uh, of thing, kind of a, uh, um, yeah, technical uh, uh, approach to direction. I guess a direction has a lot to do with what makes a best picture a best picture, you know? Um, but yeah, like, so Buffalo 66, that's an example of a comedy that I think should have been nominated for best picture. That was maybe the best movie that year. What won did, what did win that year from 1998 was Shakespeare in Love. No, and, no. Oh, yeah. And you know what? I don't have a problem with that. I think that's a great film. It's very... Wait a minute, hold on. It's very well written. Oh, like, yeah. It doesn't... It, not just anybody could write Shakespeare in Love. You really have to have a a very good understanding of how people talked during that era. You know, but do you actually, think that, and it's think it's that so well written. It's it's like Shakespeare actually. The way that screenplay is written, um, 
it's a great film, no doubt about it. People knock it for winning Best Picture. I don't see a problem with that. Um, I will say it did win over uh, Saving Private Ryan, which is a which great is film. great film. Steven Spielberg always finds a way to make. I don't know why he films needed cheesy to at the end. The, I don't know why he needed to add that ending. He always ha- he always adds these cheesy endings to his film as if to feel like he needs to add some kind of message at the end of a film for some reason, or just well, try to really pull out your emotional uh, heartstrings somehow. You know, I mean, it, and it's it becomes saccharine. You know, I think Steven Spielberg has somewhat of a saccharine uh, mindset. Uh, for his saccharin. I just said that. You keep saying saccharined. I didn't say that. I said saccharin. Um, so he has, yeah, he's just kind of a saccharin approach to, to film, not all of his films, but, um, I would say probably starting with Schindler's list. He started doing that like Schindler's list. Great movie. Except for that way. end. why did they need to do that? You know, it's like, well, I think it was his way of, he wanted to pay respects, you know. I know, but it's kind of over. But I think that's kind of exploitative. It's actually. exploitative. It's just, it's too much, you know. It's just too much. I know. He could pay his respects in another way, you know. Right. That's not, you know. That could have been like a extra thing, I think the know? whole movie is already paying respects, yeah, actually. Right. And the movie is great, you know. Um, the, the, act, the, I mean, the actual sort of historical fictional aspect of the film, you know. I mean, it's not fiction. It's based on a real story. Sorry, the actual black and white part of the film, which is well, most it's of not the film just that. It's really also good. paying respects to the those that died in the Holocaust and those that were. Still I just living. feel like that that doesn't really have anything to do with the story, and it 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 becomes saccharine because of they bring kind of a reality to. Well, it, it's it's like know. trying to, yeah. I mean, it's trying to pull at your you know heartstrings, you know. It's just weird. They add like a doc- documentary aspect to the sort of a film, a, a non-documentary film at the end of the, the the film, which makes it weird. It's kind of a weird dichotomy, you know. Um, but anyway, so yeah, I don't under- I, I don't think Get Out should was was best picture worthy, especially if you compare it to like last year's films that were nominated, like La La Land and Moonlight. Now those are like, well, I'm thinking about that actually. The end, at, at the end of Schindler's List. I mean, I guess I can understand. It's like here he's making a film about these people, and he should kind of pay respects to them. I don't know. It's right. also know. something to do with the music that's playing. Yeah, I know. I just do recall though feeling that it was kind of being too much, too much about it. But you know, last year's films, you had like La La Land and Moonlight, which. Deservedly should have been nominated nominated for Best Picture. Picture. Those, you really get a sense that they have a unique voice going throughout the whole film for each of those films. And, you know, they're kind of either small or big technical feats and creative feats that were accomplished there, you know? Right. Especially with La La Land, actually. Well, I will say even with with Moonlight... Wait, what is it called? Moonlight, right? Yeah. Right. (laughs) <laughs> Sorry, I keep getting confused with moonlighting. Um, I think that was a big feat, actually, because it was a really small film, actually, that almost didn't even get made, actually. Or it didn't even, almost didn't get distributed, actually, as big as it did. Um, so I think even that, that's just a major feat in its of itself, actually. Um, and that's a cool thing that a movie like that I made mean, that uh, big, actually. Right. I mean, and 
we're speaking, of course, on objective terms because, you know, I liked Moonlight, but, you know, I, I love it. Well, that's another thing, you I know. I love it. Sometimes you have to consider, sometimes like... You, also, you have to consider, uh, well, yeah, objectively what's, you know, it, like even like Saving Private Ryan, <coughs> it's a good movie. I didn't love it. I think it was really good. I don't love it, but it definitely deserves a Best Picture nomination, you know. It's really... Uh, there's great care that was put into the making of that film. You could, it's, it really is. Uh, right. I guess that's what, what a best picture should be. Um, I'm not saying it I guess what be it, epic. It just has yeah, to have great like, care should be given to every, like a, every aspect of the film, you know, and not saying that that isn't the case with certain films like get out or Wayne's world or something like that. It's just that it's, that's not the intention of the film, you know? It's it's not... Well, that's the thing, though. Why aren't those films given any, you know... I, I don't know. I think a, a best like, picture... Like, I think, for instance, Back to the Future, for instance, I think great care was given to every aspect of that film, actually. Right, but I don't know. I mean, I guess there's just doesn't have that je ne sais... I think that movie, for instance, I think that that's the problem. that's the problem people have, actually, with the Oscars is... You have this preconceived idea of what a best picture well, should be based on previous years. Well, that's the fact, problem. Yeah, but when so, in fact, oh, these movies are the things that actually stood the test of time, and actually you remember the most, and most people remember the most, and yet they were never nominated. You know, there's just certain pictures that are like, like for instance, I'll give you an example. I, I feel like usually, Star Wars actually, when that year was nominated for best picture, wasn't it? I don't believe that that should is a best picture kind of. Yeah, but movie. Do you okay. see what I'm saying? No, I feel on. like let me let me finish. He, for you, you don't care that much about it. But just think about it on an objective level for people of the time. That was a ground. That was a straight up groundbreaking film. So people are going to be like, "This really deserves to be a best picture nomination, for sure." And I can understand that, and that makes sense that it was nominated for best picture. I guess for me, I don't know. Maybe it's just because it's been ingrained in my head that a best picture. Ha- nomination nominee ha- no i don't know actually like exactly. okay if you look at the year 1994 cuz it really was one of the best years for film I know but that the, the the I'm film's just trying no, to, i'm you're you not, let me you're not letting me finish you're not letting me finish then the film's <coughs> nominated for best picture Forrest Gump Shawshank Redemption Pulp Fiction Quiz Show and Four Weddings and a Funeral four out of five of those are really great films three out of five of those are three of the best films of all time. Now, Quiz Show, it's really, really good, but that should not have won Best Picture over what was the eventual winner, which is Forrest Gump. You know, if Pulp Fiction would have won, I would have been cool with that. If Shawshank Redemption won, that would have been cool with that too. I Those are all three of my favorite films. But Quiz Show, I really like that movie a lot, but there's something less... Um, I guess groundbreaking with that film. Why you know? do you keep saying groundbreaking? I don't know. That's it, not a good word to say. Many films don't break ground. I mean, there's still great films, though. You know. I know, and I think for a film to win Best Picture, I think it should be breaking some kind of ground. I, I mean, then I guess I don't know. I'm not you're sure. just going to be stuck with a lot of films never nominated for a year. I mean, that's hard to do. You know, what are you talking about? Well, that's why there's certain years that are sort of lackluster. You know, for 
as far as the Best Picture nominees go. If you look at every Best Picture winner, you look at the years where the Best Picture winner is something that is okay deemed classic. Okay, for a classic Gump, film, how is that groundbreaking? I mean, well, I guess it, uh, is, it really is. Actually, it's like, well, it's kind of uh, the way they dealt with putting him in all these situations. Yeah, it's it's really actually amazing, yeah. amazing technical yeah. feat. Okay. Actually, that was accomplished. Bad, but, bad example. Um, what's other films? I mean, you know, you think the you Last Emperor. It. I mean, come on, that is so groundbreaking. How it's like it's beautiful. It's a beautiful film, you know. Like, just, but it wasn't breaking any. It's not breaking. But when you're breaking ground, it means like you're doing something new. That that hasn't been done before, you know. Right. I mean, I think. Well, it did break ground in the sense that it was the first film to be allowed into the Forbidden City to to That's shoot. That's true. But That's also, true. it's just the. To, it's groundbreaking in, in the sense that it really showed the expansiveness of of this empire of China that stood within in the confines of the Forbidden City, but it showed the expansiveness of all the followers. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, it really it did break ground. You know, it, it and it was a beautiful looking film too. The score was very good, obviously. Um, uh, a bit dated if you watch it now. Anyway, we're kind of. Hold on. Spend a lot of time. Yeah, maybe on this. we should just end this. This is another conversation for another time. But I would just say, like, in general, though, we talked about this before. Award shows are very, uh, you know, they're kind of stupid in a lot of ways because. We can continue this conversation the next time, just, you know. It, it's just that I think the only good thing about award shows is to make, you know, smaller films more known to the public, you know, and that, that, that's the best thing about award shows. Um, other than that, it's kind of really stupid. You know, why was, why was the post nominated? It really isn't a good movie. It's not that great of a movie at all. You know, why was that nominated over the Florida project or mother Florida project? A lot of people also say, I are talking about, uh, the killing of a sacred, deer. Of a sacred deer, which I haven't seen. And you know, it just, and that wasn't nominated there, for anything. There, there's certain films that, are just not nominated and it's like why you know i mean um it's weird you know and so and here's another thing i mean get out one for best screenplay um and a lot of people thought maybe what's her face was gonna win greta gerwig greta gerwig and even though i thought there was a lot of cheesy dialogue in that film i will say that well actually never mind i I don't know i actually think like that movie is pretty darn cheesy. The more I think about it, I think it was kind of tout, uh, touted as like a, it is touted as groundbreaking here because of having some sort of female voice in it. But really, I actually just think it was cheesy and it's just, uh, you know, wasn't that special, especially as far as a coming of age story goes, it really wasn't that special to me. And, I personally didn't relate to it. Maybe more people related to it because they're maybe more people were brought up in a Catholic or, you know, sort of evangelical uh, sort of tradition, I guess. Well, or something no, like that. their parents aren't. Their, their parents, parents are, but very... she had to go to this Catholic school, you know. Okay, I mean, let's, we gotta, I don't, I don't we know. We gotta end this but conversation I will say and get to the real conversation. It really is dumb. One thing, because best score i mean i guess i could see why shape of water won that no, but i can under i can see that why but that one phantom thread 
really should have won that award. I mean, it is so good, the score to that movie, which is, you know, Johnny Greenwood from Radiohead wrote the score for Phantom Thread. And it's so beautiful. It sounds like Debussy or something like that. And I mean, it's just leagues. It was kind of leagues ahead of any of the other scores that were nominated. I'm surprised that he didn't win, actually. Um, Even though the score for Shape of Water is not bad. Let's move on. I I want to go to bed soon. Okay. Okay. Come on. Uh, But yeah, I guess, is that all we have to say about the Oscars? Yeah. Well, but overall, I just didn't even care about the Oscars. Actually, this is the first year that I truly cared more about what people were wearing and I truly cared more about the red carpet than the actual awards show. Um, All right. Well, whatever. You know, I just thought, also and, another complaint. And you know, it's really fun to look at what people are wearing. It's, I like sure. it. It's cool. But another complaint, just, just to end it on, was there was not enough funny stuff. Oh, I was, that's actually. what I wanted to say, dude. There wasn't enough comedic moments I mean, in, in, the, in the show. The, the whole point, I mean, not the point of the awards, but it, well, actually, a point to televising them, in my opinion, is that there's going to be some entertainment factor to them, right? Which is through comedic relief, you know. And there wasn't, you know, really right. that much of it, you know. Yeah, and there should have been. And some of the, uh, some of the um, presenters and like uh, speeches and stuff like that were very awkwardly done. And I mean, Francis McDormand's you know? speech was pretty. Well, yeah, whatever on that, but even just some like, of the prepared like things that were supposed to be prepared. I like the intention of it, but it was just really came across as kind of it's so interesting that self-righteous there's, actually. There's this high budget like award ceremony that's televised to you know millions of people. And uh they're supposed to have these people speak, you know, and they're supposed to be prepared and they're not prepared at all for them. Francis McDonald's they tell them not I'm not talking about her. No, but her speech seemed too, it seemed phony. It seemed overly prepared. Okay, I'm not talking it about that. Kind of phony, actually. Right. It did seem phony. But I'm talking about like uh, I don't know. There was because I thing got some where, things to say. You uh, know, with Selma like, Hayek and uh, I think, who was it? It's uh, a part of the Me Too thing. It's yeah. part of the Me Too thing, and that just seems so not ill prepared, actually, and awkward. Um, and it's like this is an important thing they're supposed to be talking about, and it's this high budget thing. It's like. How it just seems like you should be investing, you know, some time into this. You know, I don't know. It just seemed not, yeah. You know. One one thing that you know, Laura and Dominic were pointing out was that it, it's a really a cool thing that Sufjan Stevens was put on this stage, this grand stage of the Academy Awards, and really being welcomed. In, you know, I mean. Basically, he right, was yeah, we get put it. into yeah, the yeah. world, you know. Uh, okay, he's put uh, in the limelight. Yeah, you okay. know, and that's a cool thing. You know, his song is pretty good. He has he has a lot. Although of it sounds songs. very similar to his another uh, yeah, to a lot of his stuff. A lot of his stuff, but very very specifically to, to uh, "Oh Detroit, Lift Up Your Weary Heads," <laughs> which is a, my probably my favorite song by Sufjan Stevens. All but, right. Anyway, done with the Oscar talk. No, I mean Max, it's fine. We don't have to rush things. But Nikki, I know you got to go to bed. I do. I don't. I'm tired. I'm just kind of sick. I really don't want to keep talking about oh, this. God. Yeah. Okay. Fine. Anyway, on to our main topic. Um, so that was the Oscars, by the way. But on to our main topic. We may as well just call this episode two topics, actually. You know? Um, splitting hairs into split topics. Um, main topic of the episode is... Uh, camp. Camp. Uh, what about totally it? So thing. we went, when we were youngsters... We are still youngsters. Um, we went. We were to, even younger. We went to uh, sleepaway we, camp. We sleepaway camp at Catalina Island, 
uh, it's called Camp Fox. Called Camp Fox. And it was all boys run camp through actually. The YMCA. Yeah. Um, don't don't you guys think that we're some kind of you know privileged rich kids going to some Catalina resort kind of camp? Because that's what some people think. But it really is kind it's of a thing that a people lot of, of all uh, walks of life were at this camp. Right. Because it, uh, it was run through the YMCA, actually. Right. And uh, yeah, I mean, also, we lived in California. So really, it's just a boat right away, actually. It, it, it's actually... To Catalina. To yeah. go to Catalina. I mean, Catalina is part of California. Even to take a day trip to Catalina, you just have to pay for a boat ticket. You know, it's really not expensive at right. all. It's um, really just... The, um, anyway, but... So it was a lot of fun, I must say. I will say it, it was, was a lot a, of fun. It was a boys, all boys camp. And um, I mean, we got to go kayaking. Kayaking. We got to do do some major hiking, Ironman Major hike. hiking. We did archery. Archery. We did ropes course. But archery is really fun, I must say. I must say. Oh, archery is very fun. Also, they had a ropes course. That oh, was yeah, cool. That was they really, had that it was in the last couple of years. It was scary, but you know, you conquered your fears, and it's really a lot of yeah, fun. Yeah, you're kind of harnessed to this thing, and you go up this 50-foot pole, and you kind of just jump off. They had a lot of great activities, you know. Um, they even <laughs> they had, had arts and crafts, frisbee, which frisbee frisbee golf. Do frisbee golf. Uh, that was a lot of fun. Um, and also your... Um, you either stayed in a cabin or a villa, as they call it. The villas now, were a cabin, sort of... Well, a cabin is a cabin. You know, it's kind of an enclosed thing. Um, but a villa was kind of like this open air... It had not, a roof. It, or a roof. Um, and, but it didn't have walls. It didn't you know, have really walls. You sort of... You, you fall it's asleep like to the air. sounds of the ocean. the ocean. You're right next to the ocean. And we... Our first year there, we slept in a cabin. And then we thought, oh, that's pretty cool. But then... After that, we're After like, that, we're let's, like, do, let's the villas, do the villas, you know? and that was a lot cooler, I got to say. We have the same counselor, by the way, every single year, you know? We, I know. Isn't that interesting? We kind of got pretty close to him, actually. Yeah. Um, and I know he had a tough time with some uh, some people in the first year, but I think he really, like, grew to really enjoy, you know, being our counselor over the years, you know? Um but uh, you know, we called him Guapo because his his friend his, or his brother called him Guapo, and everybody. Well, called his him Guapo. family called him Guapo. Uh, I think because hey, actually, when he was younger, uh, Three Amigos had come out or something like that, and you know they were calling him Guapo. I mean, he is also from a Latino background, but Guapo means handsome, you know. Right. Obviously, if you don't know that. Um, but uh, anyway, yeah. I mean, in retrospect. Would I do the villa situation now? Probably not. I mean, really? you know how many bugs and stuff could get you know get to you. I, well, I you know, know what's crazy? The thought of that is, freaks me out. Actually, I don't know if something had bit me in the ocean or while I was sleeping in the open air villa. But one day, one of those days, I woke up and my lip was just huge for some reason. Do you remember that? I had a really maybe some a spider bite. Bit maybe you. some spider bit me. I mean, it was crazy. I my lip got really big, old, big, you know, and I don't know. Only in only in camp, you know. Um, um, another thing that was fun was we had this. There was tubing. Oh, we had snor- tubing. That was well. There was really snorkeling, fun. which was fun. Um, and then you'd also kind of go to the other. Uh, our you know our camp was concentrated onto one. Like uh, section of the one island. section of the island, like at, at sort of one uh, 
one beach of the island, basically. Um, but it kind of had a, a, the depth of how far you can go in was quite large. Um, but uh, you can kind we kind of ventured out to other parts of the island, which is kind of cool. Yeah, we did the Ironman swim, you know, that was a thing. Uh, well, I didn't do, you know, you didn't do that. Yes, I did. You did not do the Ironman swim. I'm pretty sure I did. I, I remember we, yeah, no, I definitely did. I did the Ironman swim because I remember they brought uh, fishing spears with them on the Ironman swim. And um, you did the Ironman swim? Did I, I do did, the Ironman swim? I did. Swim? In fact, I remember uh, getting a chance to use Ray's fishing spear, you know, and try to do that. Ray was uh, our counselor's brother, actually, who was another counselor. You did the Ironman swim. I don't, <coughs> I don't feel like you were capable of doing that. I did, or maybe I just took a high kayak. Although, no, no I definitely did it. I no, I think did we it. were in a boat because there was another time. You also had rowboats too, too, um, and we would row out. And you know, some of the guys had spear spears, like fishing spears and stuff. We definitely did the Ironman hike, though. Um, yeah, we did do that. You that know, was fun. It, it's. Now, the one thing about, uh, we're just talking about all the good times we had, obviously. I don't know how interesting this is to the audience, but um, the one thing that was interesting, though, is that our camp was run by the YMCA, so there was definitely an influence, Uh, a a religious influence that... uh, Well, I'll give you an example. We, you know... We we would have campfires every night. We would have campfires every night, but we'd also have morning... um, I think they called it morning chapel, didn't they call it that? Yeah. I did. So obviously already... The songs that we sang, some of the songs were... Uh, were religious. Christian influenced and... Right. Um, but here's the thing about the YMCA was, you know, all walks of life were... Uh, and all were invited re- to... People of all religions. People of all religions or, or lack there. There were some Jewish kids yeah. uh, that were in, you know... But one thing I didn't it like us, yeah. about it, though, although I will say we did... We did become part of it uh, because, I don't know, it just seemed like you wanted to be a part of it, I guess. It was like, there's something called the Raggers Society or whatever. And basically, it was like a religious kind of a thing, actually, in a way. I mean, it was, you know. Um, it was basically about, like, strengthening your relationship with with God, God. And, and Jesus, you know. Yeah. And, I mean, at the time, we just kind of wanted to do it because it was, like, the secret society that right, we're that, like, oh, we want to be a part right, of this. It some seemed se- like you were pr- So you it were seemed privileged. a little elitist, and yeah, it was uh, like, in that sense, it was kind of like um, excluding those who didn't follow that religion. That religion. I think that was a bad thing, actually. Yeah, you know? I think that was bad. But I will say it was kind of cool. Um, they would the take ceremony. It. I mean, because they I kind of blindfold was, you and walk you up to right. I don't remember the first, the first time we went up to the second rag. Oh, this is not interesting. Well, anyway, the, they did. We got to do this night ceremony, and they blindfolded you and walked you up to this area that we nobody else got to see. It was kind of cool, but, but I it was say it is like. Did we actually believe in this stuff? No, we didn't. You know. Well, maybe we were kind of. Yeah, I guess not really, actually. I remember even having a discussion with one of the uh, directors, uh, well, you know, and, you know... No, we, we did believe, we, as we always believe, is, you know, part of that what they were doing was, you know, teaching, like, you know, strengthening your moral fiber, I guess. Um, and there are certain moral values, obviously, that, 
you know, the Bible espouses that is good, you know, I think, obviously. But I don't believe that it should be... I I kind of believe that you should make up these your mind about certain things yourself, you know? It, it should... Obviously, Nikki, no duh. And but so... I'm just saying, though, there are probably maybe some troubled youth that even went to the camp, you know? That maybe... Not I'm not saying that religion is the answer sure. for them, but maybe like that first ragger thing was maybe good because I think part of what that was all about in getting the first rag was just what could I do to self improve, you know, in terms of you know my my relationship with others and, uh, and but the point know, is though like I I don't you know the YMCA but it's it was a good very thing that much, they're putting this program together to you know. Um, but I, I don't like how much religion was involved in it. Even the singing of the songs. Uh, well, at, at the end of the day, it is called the Young Man Christian Young Young Men's, Men's Christian, Christian Association. The, the songs so, are you know, ca- you know the what so- you're getting into. The songs are catchy, but like you know, there's some Jewish kids. I mean, we're half Jewish, you know. I mean, it was like, uh, and we've never been raised religious at all, you know. But. It's, I guess it's kind of an interesting experience. Um, I know. I guess maybe in doing those things, though, did I become a little, even just for a moment, did I think, oh, maybe I had, like, I don't think, you know, really, but maybe did I have well, some sort of, like, no. feeling like I, I had some relationship with quote unquote God. Right. I never felt like I had a relationship with, you know, I never felt like I was ever connected to the idea of whatever the Bible claims Jesus to be. Um, you know, apparently the son of God or whatever, but I, I guess maybe I tricked myself into tricking others into thinking that I had a stronger connection with "Quote unquote God" because of because of this ragger society kind of thing, or because of the camp itself. But right, I think I, we I were do, young, I, but and, I think and I was highly, trying to, uh, highly impressionable. impressionable you know? It's not even that actually. It's not being impressionable. I think in my mind, I just was kind of saying, okay, in my mind, God to me is really a higher, just some kind of higher I don't power. Know. I'm so, not sure no, if you were Max, thinking that when you were Max, that young. Please, I know what I was thinking. Actually, mm. I was telling myself. This is how I view God. It's just some kind of higher power that I don't really know what that is, you know? And that's still how I feel about it. It's like uh, that, and that's why I'm agnostic. You know, I, I feel like there, there, could, there was something that created the Big Bang, and there, there was that's something That's not what agnostic that. means. There is some higher power somehow. No, and that, that's actually saying that there is. No, I, and, but I don't know for sure if there is, you know? Um, okay, well, any nobody knows for sure. It's about having faith. That's what the whole idea behind religion is. But anyway, uh, yeah, the but point it's is, not like I'm saying I'm absolutely sure that there is. That's what faith is: is that you are, you have, you're absolutely sure in an idea that can't be proven. Well, in any event, um, I do remember though our counselor uh, saying, asking me one time. He said, "So do you talk with God?" And I was like. No, what are you talking about? <laughs> He's like, you should, you should have a, con- you should have a dialogue with God. And I was like, okay, Guapo, whatever you're talking about. Danny, Daniel was Danny, Danny. yeah. Um, 
But um, I, for, in my head at the time, I was like, what are you, crazy or something? I thought, like, I thought he was like literally thinking, I, for some reason in my head when he was saying that, I always thought, what are you, like crazy or something? And I was like... It kind of does seem crazy. It does know, seem a little crazy in a way, actually. actually and then in a way, it, it, like, a, like a, uh, a young person that is not, um, you know, um, that is, is, is naive about things, I guess... Um, and doesn't know the way of the world. It is kind of crazy, actually, to say that you have a conver- you have conversations with God. That's, now, that now, sounds crazy, now, right? You know, I, I don't believe in the idea of having conversations with quote unquote God, but I have been known to sort of pray. I guess you know. Uh, okay. No, I'm, we're trying to be truthful. <laughs> I, I've been known to pray if I really wanted something good to happen or just actually, you know, now, hold on. I just want to, just want to, pro- I'm not finished with I know. what I'm saying. I'm not finished with what but I'm let saying. Let me just say one thing just cause I just, uh, by the way, maybe I'll just take it out, but I, I just don't want to offend anyone by saying that it, look, I understand now what it, what you, what it means to, you know, obviously you're having some no. sort of connection with God. But let's be honest. Religion is pretty crazy. Actually. I know, but just to, look, Hey, for me, whatever, if you're not harming anyone and you're not influencing in other people in a negative way, or and okay. that has to be in their eyes, okay, okay, other people's Max, eyes, not negative okay, way too. Do, okay, okay, we get it. Whatever floats your boat, that's fine with me. You know, you know, I, that makes you I've, happy. That I prayed in the past for something good to happen. I still, and do. so I don't want to be despairing. Max, that. please. I, I've been known, you know, even now. I sometimes I'm. I've because like I do really want good. I I know it's selfish, but it's just I want good things to happen for me. You know, you know I struggle a lot, and you know you just want the best for yourself. And I think whenever you're in a time of struggle, you want. I think you one finds themselves praying to some higher power, whatever that is, even if they're not religious. And I'm not religious at all, um, and you know at that time, really, you pray still. Like sometimes I'm just like, oh, please, God, just let this happen for me, you know, like let this happen for me once, you know, or something like that. You know, I mean, I do that, you know, kind of thing. Um, I mean, I don't, but um, but I mean, I do make wishes, you know, but, but you know, like even when back, I go in a tunnel but or even birthday back wishes. Then, even back then, you know, I mean, this is all going down another road, but, you know, when I was younger, when I was a kid, I got made fun of a lot by my own friends, quote unquote friends, you know, I got picked on and, um, you know, I would kind of sort of pray for like these bad things, you know, that were happening to me, these, you know, people that making fun of me to just not be like that anymore. You know, um, I know it kind of sounds like a sad thing. Um, but that's, you know that is those are the kinds of innocent uh, sort of prayers that a really? child you would have. You had those kinds of prayers. Oh, that's so sad. I'm sorry. I mean, you know, I remember like crying in my bed in at camp before, just thinking about, you know, just kind of being picked on and like how, you know, I just was like, you know, please God, just uh, just make make these people just stop. You know, like. You know, we had a friend, quote unquote, friend Josh Wexler, who was kind of mean to us. You know, um, or he could be mean, and that uh, 
that had an effect on my psyche at the time, you know? Kids can be cruel. Kids are cruel, you know? I don't know why that's not more... Maybe it is studied a lot. I don't know. But I feel like a lot of... At least psychological things I've heard about, they don't talk about that enough, you know? Well, read Lord of the Flies. They, always, they talk about... Well, I guess so, right? But no, they talk about... Well, that's a different kind of a thing, but... They talk about parents' involvement in kids' lives, you know? Kids are... But the people that have the biggest influence on a kid's life are, are their kids, peers, actually. Are the, you know what the thing is? Is kids are very single-minded. They're very narrow-minded in a lot right. of ways. And so I think it's not until adolescence do their minds start opening up a little bit more. And sometimes it comes even later in adolescence, you know? Teenagers are mean, too, actually. I mean, teenagers. Shoot. Can be very mean. I mean, we had some friends in teen or teens that were mean. I too. Al- I've always had friends that were mean, you know, at, to me, um, you know, and it's not until I guess I got to college that I I said to myself and I yelled out my window, "I'm as mad as hell and I'm not going to take it anymore." <sighs> okay, um, whatever. No, but I I was I I thought, oh, I'm not going to let this kind of thing happen to me anymore, and. Now, at this point in my life, uh, you know, I have a, a couple friends that can be like jerks, but we'll call them out for that, you know, and it's not like we're going to let them affect us in, in a way, you know, like right. um, any sort of friends that we have are, are in general going to be good to us, you know, and I, I think you want to be surrounded by people that are not jerks. I don't want to be surrounded by people that are jerks. Right. I want to be surrounded by people that make me feel good, you know, make me feel wanted, you know? Yeah, yeah. college was the first, that was when I really felt like, oh, uh, now things are going great. I but mean, not, I, this is not to say I wouldn't get this, sad in college too, you know, I, I could not get to say, lonely. By the way, I not to lonely. say that our, all our friends were always jerks beforehand too. I mean, they, you know, some of them are really great too. Grade school is an imp- but an impressionable time for some of them. Uh, were, some a, of them uh, were just sometimes they were jerks, you know, and it was like somebody what, growing up you know, and yeah. um, and kids. And can yet have, I still wanted to hang kids, out with them kids, because kids can have a strong effect on you. Because you know? I guess you just want you know. There's certain people that you feel more of a connection to in any event, I guess. But, you, you know, know at know. camp especially, you're surrounded by, at our camp, we were surrounded by all boys, and that's a very unique experience that um, is very different from a co-ed experience. I actually always well, wonder what it would have been like if I went to a co-ed uh, camp. Um, I kind of, you know, and you you watch well, these kind of shows, well, or well, or, well, or before you, we get you, into this, you hear other people's experiences about camp, going to co-ed camp, and I think, man, did I miss out something? I miss out on something by not going to a co-ed camp. Okay, maybe I could have had some experiences. Yeah, before we get into with that, other though, girls, maybe at, at camp. Before that we get I into that, before we get into that, there were so that was an interesting caveat to our our camp experience was that our sleepaway camp our sleepaway camp experience was that uh we did go to an all boys camp um which is kind of cool in a way it's like uh the the boys the boys and, are hanging and, out but you know? we didn't well it was an it interesting was, caveat no, max no let me just say it was an interesting caveat in the sense that it, you know the boys it's like there's certain things that boys will just be boys. Boys will kind of just and it was joke a, around and it, have a certain humor with just each other. It was a time other, for you know? boys to be boys. Boys would be boys. But it, it wasn't like we were there for months, you know. 
we were, we were there just for a week, week you yeah, know, yeah. but we did it for four years, you know, but a week is a long time, you know, it was a long time and for you me. Do, you do time, uh, you know? build these bonds with people you meet and get to know over the course of a week, you know, and it's, you know, we, we wow, always went, seemed like a long time we, back we, then. To we me, always you know? went to camp with our other, with some of our closest friends, but, um, we would get to know other kids there. Well, I mean, our camp. best friend, Alex, growing up, actually, you know, he, we went to... Yeah, but we would up. get to know other kids there and become close with them, too. It's weird. You do get to know these... A best week did seem up. like so long back then, but really, it's only a week. Like, God, I could survive going to camp for a week. It's not that hard, you know? No, I know, but back then, it seemed like, oh, this is kind of a thing I got to go in, go through right now, you know? Right. I mean, because... Even when we, had we went in, to Israel in 2014, that was longer. That was like two weeks, you know, and that is half a month, actually, two weeks. I mean, that does seem like an endeavor, I suppose, you know. But it's like, well, if I could handle, like, you know, doing Israel, I mean, that's a there was a, There's a sense of, like, rough in it a little bit. Rough you know in what it. I mean? Yeah, you're rough. Even though it. it's like, okay, you're doing all these cool things. But I don't like roughing it now, but back Nikki, then... Nikki, I'm not finished talking. I, back then in camp, it's like, I think you don't mind roughing it as much. Right. I, when I say roughing it is like, okay, you don't... It's a public bathroom, you know, public showers. I mean, not public, like, you have your own private stall, but there's a sense of, you know, privacy when you're at home, and, you know, it's... You know, it's a little bit nicer, you know, obviously. Um, although, you know, you get all these cool things you could do, adventurous kinds of things, you know, at a camp, you know? Sure. Um, um, we did go to day camp for one year when we were in second grade, by the way. It was called, called Sports, Sports Plus, Plus. Day. And I think in general, a day camp is kind of boring, actually. Well, we kind of felt like us, me and Nikki and our... our Best friend growing up, Alex. We were just like we could have more fun. We have more fun doing. We have just more fun going playing, to the park ourselves and playing, playing hockey yeah, or doing stuff ourselves. Walk going through the yeah. canyon. We don't need a camp to supervise us for this. Um, yeah, and so we went one year. The camp was actually located at the high school that we would eventually go to, um, which is Grant High School. Um, right. It was just like. Yeah, man, these kids. I remember they had they had a hockey thing going on. We at didn't sports do, plus, and we were just like, "This is kind of lame. We could just do better than this," you know. But you know what? We did it for like a week. I think we didn't do that long. Yeah, we didn't do it for that. Well, no, maybe we did a little for more. Oh, than actually, that. we did do another camp at one point. We did. It was like very, we were very young. We were like four or five. No, actually, we did a couple camps. Then I'm thinking about it. We did one camp we when did. we were four. It was like West. It was like a West Hollywood. I don't camp. know that I kind of don't even remember that. Well, I kind of do. A no, little I remember. Bit, I remember it, and some guy would drive us home. Remember, right? And there, there was, was a carpool. girl. There was a girl with us in the carpool. It was a girl and a boy, and we would laugh with the girl. You know, she. I remember and we the had boy some good times. Actually, I remember. I was. I think you were sick once, and the guy had to carry you inside. Oh, there's that. Uh, yeah, he, he drove a Mercedes, I think, if I remember. But there was one time I thought I almost. I almost, I had like a hard candy that I was eating and I think I almost swallowed it. Like I almost choked on it, but I like saved myself real quick. Oh, I once uh, started choking on a piece of hard candy when I was really young, like five years old and nobody was around. I was in the kitchen uh, and man, what if I choked on it? Like nobody was around, you know? Kids do dangerous things sometimes. Oh, you know? they do. I had the, I put this thing up my nose, I remember when I was young. Yeah, it's just ridiculous. And I couldn't get it out and I just like... Crying, I was telling my mom, I can't get it out of my nose. It was a and Lego, right? It was like some sort of piece toy of piece or piece. something. 
And get then it to the hospital. My mom was like calling a doctor saying he can't get it out. And then eventually it came out. <laughs> I mean, it's so ridiculous. The thing, he put this up his nose. Why would he do that? You know? Well, I was just having fun with it. I don't know. It was just like, see if I could do it. I don't know. Um, um, anyway, back to camp. Some other cool, funny, interesting things that you wouldn't experience in normal everyday life. Oh, just, just, I actually want to say one thing about that, that camp that we went to when we were like four is I remember the, the last day we had went to it, we were, it was a nighttime thing, you know? And I remember our older brother and sister went to it too. And on our drive home, I had to go pee really badly. I ended up peeing my pants. Oh my God. Um, so that was a situation. Well, anyway, uh, but we did go to another camp actually when we were in like, I don't know. I remember like that guy, Max, Dane's friend. Remember Dane Carter? No, friend? no. I know when we were a little bit older, actually, we went to camp at um, in West Wilshire or something like that. But you know what? We never went to camp for more than a week for a whole summer, you know? Uh, Maybe? Yeah. Right. Well, anyway, so something interesting is you would have to do certain like cleanups and stuff like that. Oh, at our at our uh, Camp Fox, Camp which Fox, is the Catalina Camp. Catalina Camp. Like you would have to, like for instance, there was the mess hall or the place, you know, the, the place where we, the cafeteria where everyone ate. I remember they had sausages for breakfast sometimes and they were really good. <laughs> I like those sausages. Um, <laughs> uh, but... Uh, There's a certain smell to those mess halls. You know, you, you, you know it if you just... Sometimes you walk into like a cafeteria and you're like, oh, this reminds me of this camp. reminds me of camp or, or just a certain time that I'll never experience again in my life. Um, but something interesting about those uh, was that like you were assigned to being the, the server or something like that for your table or something like that that day. You had duties to do in that camp, you know? And... Um, a thing about that camp was particularly was, you know, the people, they would kind of grade, you know, I guess the directors would grade you. Oh, maybe this isn't important. This is Forget. not interesting. Anyway, it was just. But another, I do remember our last year there, you know, there was a way for your, your cabin or villa. That's what I was to about get, to say. To get points. I, I just want to say this. and I was going to say, I was going to say that. You know, you're, you're when just interrupting com- me. When different you said that's not important. When different competitions and stuff like that. And. Our final year there, and if you win, you got an ice cream party at the end of the week. And our final year there, we won. We beat. We won. You yeah, know, the most party. points out of everybody in the camp, and we got the ice cream. Well, that party. was the thing. That was a lot of fun. They would grade you on how well kept your your villa was, or how well kept your table was clean at at the mess hall and everything. I will like say that. we had some very. It, we did laugh a lot. Definitely. Um, you know, at these these camps. You know, I remember when you know James, our our you know our best friend's older brother, James Campus. He he went to our camp. best friend growing up. He went to camp with us. Not only our best friend, and he, our best he friend became anymore, like he became a counselor. You know, we see him every he, now and then. He became a our, a counselor, and um, I just remember we would just laugh at certain situations like this. This one camp director named um, Russell. He was a fireman and. <laughs> He just was very Lame. square, actually. Yeah, he was square, and uh, and he just had to be there. Um, well, no, it, it just okay. But, but let's I move do want to let's move on. I just want to talk. Finish up with this is, um, we would always have campfires at nighttime, and 
those were fun. And they sang sometimes religious songs, but they also sang, um, you know, fun songs too. I mean, the religious songs were kind of fun in a way too, actually. But actually, the song that they would always end with was, you know, at Camp Fox, you which, know, which always is a good which song. Which is not a religious song, and it, it was a song that they wrote for the camp, you I know? know. Isn't that funny? It's a catchy song, you know? Um, but but the point but, is, singing but songs would, at a campfire, it's a fun thing, I but think. But the campfire you know? was fun. They would tell stories and, like, have skits and stuff like that, and game shows and stuff. It was a oh, fun time. Oh, it was fun. Talent shows. You'd have to come up with a skit one night for your villa, and that was cool, and... Uh, uh, I yeah, think the the, cool. That, the cool thing about camps is it really tries to get kids involved in sort of a uh, sense of community, a sense know? of community, but a sense of uh, bonding, try, bonding, but also trying to give them uh, lead their direction in in some sort of uh, path to to develop an interest in certain areas, you know, like because they they kind of give you all these things, recreational things that you could develop skills at and perhaps, you know, because even the skits, there was like performing arts, you know, but they would also have arts and crafts and things like that. And, you know, it's kind of a thing that is trying to mold uh, a, a kid, you know, and trying to make them interested in, in something and trying to essentially fr- keep the frisbee off, golf in case it, you wanted try, to be a frisbee but it, golf, it, essentially golf artist to keep you, uh, Essentially trying to prevent you from becoming a hoodlum or uh being involved in gangs or something like that because, uh, you know, that was a part a of... A hoodlum? Well, I don't know. What the hell that, that, was a, that was a major part of, of this the YMCA is to sort of, you know, help steer troubled youth in, a, right. in the right direction. Right. And I think these camps really did a good job of, of trying to steer kids in the right direction, you know? Because it offers, they offer so, a vast assortment of of kind of hobbies and, and activities that one can really grow interested in, you know? Um, you know, yeah, I mean, it, it's great. It's a lot of fun. Okay. Now, here, no, it's something that we did miss out on, though, as Nikki mentioned earlier. As I touched earlier, up on earlier, is the co-ed, co-ed aspect camp. of camp, now, a lot sleepaway of, camp. You and know? also, oftentimes, the sleepaway camps were several weeks, actually. Also, uh, specifically also going to a co-ed at camp as a teenager, you know, right. We, we stopped going to camp when we were uh, 13, I believe. Right. Or or 14. Yeah. 13. 13, I think. Well, the last year we went to camp was, yeah, the summer before eighth grade, I think. Right. Well, in any event, Um, um, well, also, by the way, it's, that's something that probably doesn't exist. Like the, the, this is just based on me watching TV or listening to stories from, uh, other people that went to sleepaway camp, the way the way camps are run now, it's probably these kinds of things probably wouldn't happen anymore. Um, but a lot of kids, it is very promiscuous actually, from what I understand in, in these co-ed camps. I mean, look what you're doing. You're kind of letting unsupervised. I mean, kids like sort of. I mean, they're supervised, but they're supervised by older kids basically. You know, and uh, and sure, there's. Count, you know, there's directors of the camp, but they're not really watching you all, you know, all the time. And you have these kids that are sleepaway camp with other, you know, members of the opposite sex, and they're going through puberty. And a lot of these kids have had, you know, had their their hormones are raging, and hormones are raging, and things can happen. And they've had a lot of uh, 
first time experiences at these camps, you know? Right. And it, um, it makes me wonder what kind of experiences could I have had if I went to a co-ed camp? You know, you, you look at the cliches, you, <laughs> you, you look at the cliches of, of these kinds of co-ed camps at, on TV and in the movies. And, you know, part of me feels kind of a, that I maybe missed out on something by not going to a, a co-ed camp. Uh, but, you know, there's experience in not having experienced that, but experiencing the alternative, I guess. Um, Which is summers in summers Los Angeles. In Los Angeles, just playing hockey and playing video games well, at we night. We would also bike, or, bike ride around a lot, too, actually. Right, but... Um, but yeah, and we I also always, create our own fun in the canyon. I, I, in but I, canyon. I, you know, I do like look at these sort of coming of age sort of stories, or I like listening to them because it's it's sort of I kind of can live out a childhood fantasy vicariously through watching or listening to these other stories about kids or teens going to to co-ed camps, you know? What do you mean you could, you actually feel that that's sufficient? You're saying you live vicariously through these stories? No, I mean, in in, no, a, in a, an aspect, you know, I mean, even just, just watching coming-of-age stories or, you know, sort of love stories about, you know, teenagers, True, it just kind right. of makes you feel like, because I never had that when I was a teenager. Uh, well, I don't I know just, if you're like living I just vicariously felt, I, through them. I think you're just longing for Maybe that, or right. you long for it. It makes you long. Had, no, but long. it it does make you somewhat like I say, live vicariously because it's kind of makes you nostalgic for something you never had, you know. Um, and so, well, maybe, maybe no, or maybe it's a sense of regret that you never had. That. Well, no, it's not regret. Well, maybe, yeah, you're right, maybe. But you know, everybody has their own unique experience, so it's like. Uh, but, you know, I was just watching this TV show, this new show on Netflix called The End of the Effing World. And even there's like a, a relationship. The whole show is kind of about this relationship with these two 17-year-olds. And, you know, it's aside from the trouble that they get into in the show, I it kind of, I sort of long for wanting to have had that relation, that kind of relationship with somebody else when I was 17, you know. But... Hey, you know, ah, whatever. Who cares? Everything I mean, happens it to gives everybody. You personality that you didn't do to have that, you know. Hey, you know. Also, you know. I mean, I even when I watch shows that take place in small towns in the middle of America, um, it just it kind of makes me feel like, wow, man, if I didn't grow up in like an urban setting in Los Angeles, uh, and that was very much our high school too. It was kind of an you know, it was kind of an urban setting, you know, it was, you had min- every kind of minority or the biggest minority being Armenian at our high school. And, well, Ar- Armenian and, and then second was Latino. Mexican. No, not Mexican, Latino. No, it was Mexican. I don't think you're right about I'm that. I'm like super positive, Max, actually. That's, that's actually, uh, I think you should cut that out. I remember saying that before to Barbara Cambus and she's like, well, you actually mean Latino. No, I, I looked it up actually before. I looked at Grant High School's uh, demographics, the the oh maybe it was Latino. No, I'm pretty sure it was Mexican. Actually, I actually straight think up. you shouldn't say Mexican. Just so you, just make sure it. You know, just say Latino. Why not just say Latino? There's no problem in saying that. Actually, well, whatever. I'm not. It's 
it's not okay. Yeah, maybe it was. Well, Max, it doesn't matter. Just say that so people are not thinking that you're generalizing. You know, I'm not generalizing. Actually, I think I'm trying to be more specific. Actually, <coughs> if anything, saying Latino is generalizing. Um, I'm actually thinking. I think I looked it up, and I think it was well, maybe it is Latino. Uh, no, I think it was Max, Mexican. come on. Okay, come on. Because it would be the same thing as our, me. It our, would be the same thing as me saying Asian, our American, and in fact, like for instance, our elementary school was a lot of Koreans went to that. School. I know, but we knew that we actually had. Ex- we knew that that was actually a major. They even released newsletters in Korean. Well, anyway, you know that was. By the way, so those were the major minorities at those schools. There wasn't any majority, like... Okay, okay what, what were, minority. are you cutting out what we just said just now? So, are you going to cut out what we just said or no? Not? Okay, fine. Um, so, the, it was Armenian was the highest amount of uh, a group of people there. Uh, were, well, were there more Caucasians? Then it was Latino. It might have been just Mexican. Um and then no, I not looked, just Mexican, but the mi- largest minority was Mexican. Is what you're saying? Yeah, of, I'm of just the, of the, of Max, please, please. It's not important. It's not important. Of the Latino Americans, you're not saying it's just they were all Mexican. That's not what you're saying, okay? No, that's not what I was saying. No, I know, but you're coming across as a little confusing when you say maybe it was just a Mexican. That's not you. You didn't sound correct just now, you know. Anyway, it's not important. We're, this is not about the topic. This is going off way topic. We're not, this is going way off topic is what I'm trying to say. Um, but the point is, you know, I, I long for these, uh, you know, I don't long for it, but I always feel like, well, what if I grew up in like in a small town in the middle of America where, you know, perhaps I would have had that high school sweetheart, you know, that, that, that very cliched idea of a high school sweetheart, because I feel like maybe that's, that's an experience that maybe a lot of kids have growing up in, in the middle of America, because that's all they have really. You know, I, I think growing up in sort of Los Angeles, especially our high school, it was very diverse. It was an urban setting and your experience wasn't, it was is very different from what you see in TVs Booyah. and movies. You know, okay, check it out. It was very see what you see different than what you see in TVs and movies. You know, it's it it was like you know it it, it wasn't just a, it wasn't a small high school. There were three thousand students there, and you know, even if you had a high school sweetheart, that your experience with okay, a, actually, a high school sweetheart would not be the same as it were and would be in a movie or TV so check show. It. You know, whereas I I maybe I, I'm generalizing here a little bit, but Maybe in the middle of America, your experience would be a little bit closer to one you would see in the middle of America, like almost like a pretty in pink situation or something like that. You know, um, you know that's what your prom would be like. Okay, check it out. In the year two thousand, I'm so way beyond this. I don't even care. I just, I just want to prove my right. I'm how I'm right in this. In the year two thousand, um, most of the actually the largest minority which was the majority of the school, which is 51%, uh, was, was Hispanic and... Okay, you know what? Was I, Hispanic and Latino, but they, they also qualified that by saying most of those Latinos 
were Mexican American, and most you said, of the, you said just that. That's the problem is you said maybe it was just Mexican. I don't like the way you said that though. You, oh, oh, right. You shouldn't have said that. You said uh, right. I you shouldn't have said that. Well, but in any event, but and then most of the white people were Armenians. I know it's weird. Or Caucasian was Armenian. I know it's a that it's so weird how we categorize our our. Our races actually in when you say or we not races, you mean or how, ethnic, ethnic, how ethnicities sort of government yeah categorize or know how America does because Armenians yes they're Caucasian technically I guess but I mean that ethnicity could be is so vastly different than you know other European countries it's crazy you know it's like Armenia, Western European countries you Armenia know? is almost. Like a, it's almost like a Middle Eastern country in a way. Well, you know? Middle East is considered that. What would that be considered like half Asian, half? European? I don't know, but it's. Know. I don't know. It's. It's. I don't. I don't like. I don't know. I don't. I don't like these categories actually. So, anyway, Nikki was talking about. You know, I just talked about it. We, you, already, you already missed what I said. I heard it, it all. Matter. I heard it all. Okay, well, I uh, well, said I, it. And yeah, that's it. Yeah, you said it, but I didn't get to chime in on that. It's too late. No, it's not. What do I feel about that? I just think, whatever. You know, I just think, yeah, that could have happened. No, but. that's not what I'm saying. I'm, it's, not, uh, it's not like I would have preferred that to happen, but it's more like, you know, part of you longs for this sort of cliched idea this tv show movie kind of perfect kind of thing to have happened you know um and i look at a co-ed camp in that same kind of way you know where maybe something like that could have happened you know i mean i don't know but yeah i mean at the same time whatever it didn't that's the way it is that's how art is influencing us nowadays i mean in general that's what, what happens mean, that's how art is influencing nowadays it that's how art has influenced people always i feel like you know no it hasn't it yeah. used to be that uh uh art imitates life you know but i feel like more now than ever uh life imitates art it took you that long to switch those around oh my god <laughs> It's like, come on, you couldn't think that? No, you're the one who's been taking a long time. No. Um, anyway, what no, I mean by not, that is, it's, why, why more now than ever is because, I mean, our social, our media is much more pervasive than ever now. And I think people look at the way, they think the way their, their, their upbringing or how they're supposed to live life, how it should be, especially young, impressionable, you know, youths, they feel like what I see in the media on Snapchat or on, you know, or on YouTube or on TV, this is how my life should be. I disagree and with so, you. I think life has always imitated art, you know? I think... That's so incorrect, no, actually. That is so incorrect. That it's is, unbelievable, it's, actually. It's actually like, you look at, like, movies in the 50s. Like, you think of James Dean. You know how many people wanted to be like James Dean, you know? I like, did not hear what I just said. I said, now more than ever, life is imitating art. Yes, probably starting in Even around fashion. And, fashion me, influences life. So, you know, fashion in movies that influences. Yeah, that's the always. Twentieth century was very, uh, especially starting maybe in the fifties, especially when television came up, became a thing. Yeah, 
That, of okay, course. you got to clarify what you mean here. No, but prior to that, no, that was not as big of a thing, actually. I mean, yeah, people wanted to be like the movie stars and stuff like that, but uh, it was not as much of a thing, especially prior to the 20th century, for sure not. Are you kidding me? And why are you saying it has always? That's, no, it hasn't. That, clearly not, you know? I, I actually feel like it's, it, it's an equal give and take, actually. It's not... It, it's no, not, it's not. People yes, it is. How, why do you think... How do you think certain fashions become stylish, become in, you know? It's not like everybody's determining the way they want to look themselves. They are being influenced by what the art is putting, being put out there. And I'm including fashion as art itself. In that people, like artists and designers are the ones who are influencing the way the general population is going to look. And it's always, that's always been the truth, actually. It's always been the case. Nikki, is, that's, first of all, fashion is just one aspect. And plus, also, here's the thing. No, you're wrong, man. That's not always how it's been. How, okay, the, okay, the king wore something, I guess, and they're like, oh, we should try and dress like that maybe. But um, most of the country was not like that, though. They weren't, you know, high noble people. Most of the country didn't care. They, or a lot of them were illiterate even, you know? Okay, that's the same thing today, though. I, you're no, we're, it's not, Nikki. Max, it is, I can't believe you're having this argument with me and thinking that it's always been like no, that. It's look, crazy to me that you're thinking that. Look, how are you not thinking that it's a, a give and take? It's like, like, or it's an equal sort of influence, you know? It's, no, I it's think like now if you even you you're saying now, but like even last night I was on the subway and I saw. These people, they were from Ohio, and the way they were dressed was so, for lack of a better word, ordinary. It was like they didn't care about fashion at all, you know? It wasn't... it. They were so far away from Why being... Why are you in, so pre, preoccupied with fashion? I'm not even talking about I'm fashion. I'm just saying because... I'm talking about... I, Really, what I'm talking about, because we're talking about personal experiences, actually. Max, uh, That's what I'm talking fashion about. Fashion has a lot to do with the way no, man, people are Nikki, being influenced, Nikki, you know? But you're, that's such a material idea. I'm not talking about that. No, it, Max, listen. Even even the way what they were talking about, I was listening to their conversation, and it was the whole time, and I was on the subway a while because it was taking forever for me to get home, actually. Um, and it was, what they were talking about was so mundane and it was, they were so mun, their, their conversations were so mundane. Their, the topics of their conversation was really like basically about weather the whole time. And it, we were on the subway for like an hour cause it was very stalled for a long time. And it was either about, oh, it was about the weather and switching over your clock because of the daylight savings time. And it was just crazy you know like never would i talk for an hour about the weather i don't understand or, what uh I, what i'm not, trying to say you're is not, you're saying that art more than ever is influencing life yes but i argue that art is in the same way that you're saying back then it was only the noble people that were being influenced by this stuff i See, I, I view that in the same way where art is really only influencing 
life in big cities, you know? How old are these people that you were talking about? Oh, they were probably in their 40s. Okay, first of all, okay, they're in their 40s. They're already way past the generation I'm even talking about. I'm really talking about now, actually. You mean kids, the youth. You're talking about the youth. That's what I said originally. No, you did not say the youth. Well, it doesn't matter. You're telling me, okay, you're telling me that TV had not has not had a big influence on on the way you think, actually? It does, but I feel like art has always had a big influence on the way no, you think. No, it hasn't. No, not to the same degree. The reason is, how could you possibly think that when you see somebody... Like on a TV show, like uh, they're they're sort of uh, uh, broadcast. They're exhibiting how somebody goes through their the daily the motions of of living. Basically, that's a a, a replication of how we you're, you we think. Oh, this is how my life is, kind of a thing, you know. Even though it's not, it's a fabrication. Now, art didn't have that. We didn't have that in the past, or you mean we prior didn't have to it. prior to, to TV. Or prior to moving picture, we had pictures, you know, that wasn't, they were representational, you know, it, it wasn't, it wasn't trying to depict how life was in necessarily, you know, yeah, we had reading and stuff like that. I actually but there wasn't something that we, there wasn't something that captured actually people doing things the way we do them in normal life. Okay, but you but know what? It wasn't, I, it's not actually like you're that. You're arguing that the art is influencing us, but I think the art is being influenced more and more by the reality of the world, you know? And so rather, we are still influencing art, you know? And it's trying to capture, it's more and more is art trying to capture the truth of our reality. No, well, I think it's a, yes, it is a give and take, but I think, I think personally, not personally, I think now more than ever, it, I, I, I feel like the way I, I, see kid, I see young people act, the way I see young people, and you can't deny this, the way young people act, there is a certain way they act that seems as though they're, it seems like it's from a TV show and it makes it cheesy to me, you know? It makes it seem like it's not real, you know? That almost as if they think their lives should be the way they see it on TV. I feel like you, know? you can't completely argue with that because you don't know, you didn't grow up in these other times, you know? You don't really know, actually. I did grow up in other times. No. So you're saying, I just feel like now that's the way things were in the 90s even, you know? I, I just... People I feel, said dope and the bomb and stuff like that, you know? It's not just that, though. It's more. It's more like... Well, maybe you're right. I, I don't know. I mean, there's there's just a certain uh, definitely there is. It, it's not. Ar- I, I would argue that you're saying art, and that's the wrong word to use. I think you mean the media. I said the media. That is you said, art, Nikki. I was using that as art as a media. A, a, social media is not art, in my opinion. Yeah. Okay. Jeez, Louise. I. I Yes, it is art in a, in a broader definition of it, you know, I think I, it is. I actually don't think it, it's art, really. It's, it's, you know, people, the reason why... Yes, it is, actually. It is straight up can be... It, it, it can depends. be. It can be. 
But it's not always. It's like no, Nikki. That is depends solely on your definition of art. Actually, okay. Okay. Then you're just saying anything. You could say anything is art. Then you know somebody writing a sentence on Facebook is not art to me. You know, you can say that is art, but that's not. But don't you see that people using expressions, for example, for example, people using these expressions like that was fire. They're using that on social media, and they're writing that on social media, and that's what's influencing people that. Talk the way they talk again, in reality, but that's again, social media. That's media, and I don't think that's art. Yeah, that's my yes, it argument. Is, Nick, look, okay, that's my argument. That, I wasn't even talking about social media. Actually, I was ta- I was talking about uh, really. I was talking about how people interact, how the way we see people interact with each other. This is where it's coming from because you're talking about being, you know, oh, I wish I had these certain interactions when I was growing up. It's a lot more pervasive to be able to see uh, that those displays of of interaction, you know, in art. Now, a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot easier to be able to see that, and because of that, I think that influences the way people perceive reality more. Now, they think, "Oh, this is how reality is." They're constantly on their phones looking at. Clips of things, you know. I know, but I I still think that you you're not realizing. Like I've always kind of felt like this, you know. And I even felt like this when I was younger, before I even reached high school, where I was like, you know, I would watch movies and I'd be like, oh, maybe this I'll experience something like this in high school or something like that. You sure. know, it's and that's what I'm saying. Even even okay, even you're proving my me, point right no, now. Hold you're on, my hold point. on, hold on. You're my point. Even even I was talking with our eleventh grade English teacher and. He was saying, you know, he'd watched the Brady Bunch and he's like, you know, I got to be honest, Nikki, it was kind of like that, you know, in the 70s. It was kind of like that. The way it was shown in the Brady Bunch, that's kind of the way families were, you know, uh, in the middle, at least in the middle of America or like kind of suburban life was like that, you know. Um, and so even back then, you know, it, it, and so what I'm arguing, Max, is is it's not. Yeah, but it's not, I mean, sure, we have more access to it now, but I, I don't know. I mean, I just feel like you don't, you didn't grow up in the 70s, you know, you or even the 60s, you know. It I doesn't mean, matter. I, I grew feel up like in the actually, 90s, though, I actually you know? feel like, my. I would argue that perhaps the way of thinking back then was a little bit more uniform, and uh, it was, conformity was a lot more pervasive than it is now. I feel like individuality is more pervasive now, more than ever before. You know, even though there are people that are being influenced, yes, by art or the media, um, and I disagree it, and, with it beca- you and the way they act, and the actually. way they act, it becomes sort of um, like a uh, like they they seem phony because they're sort of just the way they act seems like they derived that from something they saw in, in the movies or TV or in social media somehow. But I think that there's a lot more individuality because we strive now more than ever before to be different. At least, at least some people do. No, the people I don't, that, I the, don't. The people that strive to be different are going to be try to be different. Those people that don't care are always going to, same with the past, you know, have always going to be conforming to whatever is the popular thing. Yeah, you but know? you're kind of missing my point here. I I think 
because of its pervasiveness, I think that it has a bigger a bigger influence. I think I think it's a little bit more weighed. Yes, of course, it's a give and take, but I think it's a little more weighed in that. The reason I say art is influencing because that's a quote. I think Oscar Wilde had said that originally. He said life imitates. Or I forget what he said. He said it. He said art imitates life or something like that. What, what did he say exactly? Or life imitates art? Or something I don't like know. That. I don't know. Um, that's why I'm using art as the term. Actually, I, you take that loosely is what I'm saying. I know, but I would also argue you're saying now more than ever. Well. Sure, we have things at our fingertips, but I would argue that people sat around the television set way more than back, you know, That's decades not ago true. than that they did so before. That is so not true, actually. That is not true at all, Nikki. That is not true. How is that not true? I mean... that That's why there was millions, millions more viewers back then, you know? No, Nikki. But now people, because they have their phones now, you know? And that's constant. That's everywhere they go. I mean, how could you possibly think that? Especially before, like, you know, some people didn't even have TV sets, you know, until, you know, in France, for instance, they didn't really start doing, like, TV didn't become a real big thing until the 70s, I think, actually. I mean, we had it in the 50s, you know, and that was when the beginnings of television. Um, But I just don't... that was when they were trying to create this idea of a family around the television set. You I know? just feel like people have always been influenced by pop culture, essentially, you know? And no, the people, people that- have not, Pop culture is a relatively new thing. What are you talking about? No, what do you mean pop culture is a relatively new thing? No way. It's a 20th century thing. Okay, yeah. That's what I, I'm saying, I, relatively. Okay, so you're saying in the past hundred years, that's what you're trying to sell, tell me. Yeah. Okay. That's, now you, you're not defining that. You yeah, know, I, you're I, defining your. I, no, I'm not finished. Now, since that has happened, with the spawn of the pop culture, now more than ever, I feel that art is imi- or life is imitating art. Uh, yeah, I guess. I mean. I, I just, okay, yeah, I guess. I don't know. I mean, how could Even, you not think that the, the idea people that, are, are, they are, they are, they can't detach from their phones, you know? They're constantly looking at all okay, these things, but you know? You're, but that's, that's saying that you, you're basically diminishing sort of the mindset of most people. You're, you're saying that people can't have a mind of their own by, by, I hate to say it, but on a subconscious or unconscious level, I think people are being influenced. I mean, it could be positively too, but I think on a on that, those levels, they don't realize that they're being influenced. You know, a lot actually. You know, and I think that's in my idea, my mind. Yes, it is negatively. They can't. They don't. They don't spend time and ruminate a little bit. You know, with experiences. You know, and they just they. They, they use the media actually as a way of thinking for them in a way, you know. Yeah, I guess I. I mean, I still have a problem with even Doctor Pressman saying like this is how people were in the seventies. I know, but like the, the idea that he can't possibly think that the, the why way they were. Can I speak? L- let me. Just can I speak? No, but, can I speak? The idea that he would say that me, makes me feel like. 
oh, basically there was a lot of conformity back then, which means that everybody kind of was affected by the same thing. Like that's the thing that that that's the thing is everybody was affected by the same thing because there was a lot less of it. And therefore, they were all affected by the same okay, thing. Okay, but and that's, that's still that's a different thing. Actually, I'm not talking about uh, I'm not talking about individuality versus conformity. Actually, it's a different thing. I'm talking about the influence of those things on people is greater now. I guess so. All right. Anyway, uh, do you have anything in conclusion? But camp. I mean, you know. I've always thought this, though, you know, even when I was younger, I was like, you know, watching these movies, even from the 80s, you're like, oh, man, I kind of wish my prom will be would will be like this. Or now I think, oh, well, I kind of wish my prom was like that in to a degree, you know? Well, yeah, I, well, I wish my prom had a band, actually, a live band. I mean, shoot, you're spending this money on it. You may as well have no, a but band, for crime sake. I, I, I just feel like I wish I could have done things different i wish you know part of me feels like oh man i would have had an interesting experience going to a high school in the middle of america or something like that i probably might have not enjoyed it that's for sure you know and definitely my sense of humor is you know derived from growing up in an urban setting i i really feel that way or being exposed right. being exposed, exposed to, to different cultures actually being like exposed that. to a lot of different art art and actually being exposed to a lot of different cultures straight up a I lot of different that. cultures I just and i feel like um being removed from that and going into a, a school and or even a camp in the middle of america would not just take me out of my comfort zone but it would put me in a setting where i would feel like i'm not thriving you know i feel like i wouldn't be yeah, able but how would I, you I feel know like that? i wouldn't be able to get enough out of that kind of setting. Maybe I would get something totally different out of yeah, it. Yeah, you, know? you don't know that. I mean, I then guess again, there's a different culture being offered to me in that setting that I've never experienced before, you know? You know, Patton Oswalt talks about, you know, he grew up in the Midwest, I think, right? Grew up in uh, Washington, D.C. or Virginia or something like that. Well, Not in the, no, he oh, grew up on the East Coast. Like, he grew up in no, but Southern East a, Coast. He grew up in a small town, though, I think. And he's, I, I do remember him in his acts talking about how, like, he just needed to, at a point, he was, re, you know, reached a breaking point and was like, I got to get out of here. I just, I just got to get out. It well, wasn't thriving. You're right. It wasn't. Pe but people feel like they, they need to get out. Whereas I feel like us growing up in these circumstances, really the different diverse cultures really affected our upbringing and our personality growth, you know, and our sense of humor growth. And so I feel like we really got something very unique by growing up in such a diverse environment. Um, okay. To, to end our conversation on camp, do you have any final words? Uh, my final word on all this is camp. It's a, it can be a fun thing. And I highly encourage at least, at least doing sleepaway camp once in your life, whether it's, co-ed or all boys you know or all girls you know i think there's something really uh you know kind of you can really bond there, there's something where there's well you can really let loose uh when you're amongst every people of the same sex you know okay but what's an interesting topic just you know in in a in a, in a setting that you're you're 
put with other people for an extended period of time. Right, but now you just said all boys and all girls. Okay, there's there's a lot more acceptance of children being trans nowadays. What what would you what what about that? Pan sec pan pan uh, gender. I, I mean, I don't know what to think about that. You know, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> do they not have a place then? You know, I mean, what do you what do you do? Well, I guess they, they can go to a code or. They can ch- choose whatever they feel more comfortable with. You know, that's true. Um, um, I don't know. You know, I feel like I got to talk to a, a transgender person or somebody who's gender fluid about. All right. things gender fluid because I don't right. really understand right. uh, interesting. enough, you know. Um, well, so that's event, a topic for another um, episode. I agree with Nikki. I think it is worth an experience once in your life, and because you will really cherish those things later down the road, and um, I think it's good for a growing young boy or girl or gender fluid. or they. Or them, or whatever you, I don't know, I don't know what you, you know. Right, no, I, I was kind of joking when I said a growing young boy, I was joking around when I said that, that's why you didn't need to say those um, other things, but, um, anyway, uh, that's that, Squatty Roo and more, Bob more, Swayo, you know what I'm more saying? More than anything, camp can be a really fun time, and. Do you need to have the last word on this? No, but you didn't end it well, Squatty Roo and a Bob Swayo, that's how you want to end it? No way. <laughs> uh. Camp is for lovers and dreamers. No, I don't like that. It's not truthful. Well, um, what is truthful that is that, you know, hey, if you don't have the ability to go to camp... Um, Seek out the YMCA. <laughs> well, yeah, Seek actually, out to the y, y, your local it's, YMCA. It's I, true, there's actually, always a way, actually. There actually. There's always a way. But if you don't have the ability for that, Create your own fun during this summer. Shoot, we did that a lot, and it was a lot of fun. We were very much latchkey kids, actually. Um, you know, we grew up in like a canyon, and we just roamed around and did our own thing. You know, our our parents would just leave us to do what, you know, leave us to our own devices, and we had a lot of fun that way. I mean, they would take us places sometimes. Sure, but, you know, camp, it's fun. Thank you for tuning in to another edition of Splitting Hairs with Max and Nikki. Tune in next time.